I've been dying to speak to Deirdre, who is the safari manager at Swalu for some time. I actually passed her like ships in the night when I was last at Swalu, which is a year ago. Um, it's a place I've been to a few times and I, I would very much choose to go on my own safaris. I, I really love it there. Not least because it's an absolute hotspot for seeing um, endangered or very rare species. They have pretty unrivaled conservation initiatives going on there and research, which means species such as uh, wild dog and pangolin and aardvark are absolutely thriving there um, in this area of the Green Kalahari in, in northern South Africa. Um, it's a vast, vast area with a very, very small camp, making their footprint tiny and also means that you just don't see any other people. Um, so Deirdre is the one that organises all the guides, does some guide training and also guides herself. She's a very, very, very experienced top level um, South African safari guide. And it was fascinating to catch up with her about uh, living at Swalu, which uh, I couldn't be more envious about. Here she is from Swalu itself. Hi, Deirdre. How are you? Hi, Rose. I'm good. Thanks. And you? Yeah, very good, very good. Um, so it's such an honour to be joined um, by you and obviously you're there at Swalu at the moment, which is, we've just been chatting kind of offline, it's one of my favourite places in Africa. Um, and you are Swalu's head guide. So if we start from the beginning, where did you grow up and how did you end up um, in, in the position you're in now? So I'm actually the safari manager um, so that's the top and then I have a head guard just below me but uh, I started, I, uh, I grew up on a farm in Johannesburg, so uh, in South Africa and uh, we only had, uh, we sort of had donkeys and chickens and cows as pets and geese, I had a pet goose and a pet chicken Amazing. Um, and that's how I pretty much started and then when I was in high school I did volunteer work in the zoo uh, and that gave me exposure to a lot of different wildlife and different uh, animals uh, from different countries. And then uh, as soon as I left school, I actually studied conservation as well. So got a sort of a more ecological background uh, before becoming a guide. Amazing, because obviously um, now, now that you're placed as, at Swalu, um, that is their, you know, their conservation initiatives are pretty unrivaled. So you must, you know, it must cover all bases for you, not just the kind of managing the guides, but also do you get involved with the conservation side of things as well? Yes, we're quite fortunate in that whenever there's something happening on the reserve, if we're uh, off duty or even sometimes with guests, we get involved in any of the conservation projects. We, uh, with guests, can go and uh, with the researchers out into the field and see what they're researching, whether it's pygmy falcons, cape cobras, pangolin, aardvark, ratted foxes. We get uh, opportunities with guests to go out with them. And then if there is anything in the background happening on the reserve um, where the guides are free and available, like um, the release of uh, animals, we can do that. Or if something needs to be captured for whatever reason, uh, we sometimes do get involved in that conservation part as well as uh, in the research part. That's incredible. Um, it's, you know, it's amazing. I think when people, guests get kind of up close to the conservation side of things, they realise what a kind of complicated and big job it is. It's, it doesn't just kind of happen by itself. There's a huge team of people kind of making it work. Um, and Swalu is particularly good at that. Um, so how did you end up as a safari manager at Swalu? Had you been there a long time before? Did you come as a guide or? So I've been here just over a year and a half, but I've been guiding for over 20 years. Wow. So I actually came in, I was specifically requested to drive a, a woman empowerment group. So they were looking for female guides. 
So I came in as a freelancer and basically then it just turned into on and off coming back to Tualu and then eventually just, well, why don't you just work permanently as the safari manager? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, from October of last year, it was pretty much uh, the safari manager position uh, since then. So then that's been running the team. I acquired the stables as well. I'd never managed horses before or, or the equestrian manager actually manages the horses. I just uh, make... Uh, executive decisions let's put it that way <laughs> but i didn't think uh, i'd I, i'd uh, acquire horses as well as part of my portfolio that was definitely a new thing for me here yeah exactly exactly but it's a it's a lovely thing to have because it's such a beautiful part part of south africa to ride in as well so it's a big big addition to swali um, did you, did being a woman, I mean, obviously you just mentioned that, you, you know, a women's empowerment group wanted you to guide them, but generally has it been hard to kind of, you're now at the top of the ladder, um, to make your way up there being a woman in quite a male dominated industry? Well, I must say when I started, it was difficult, but you, you know, just over time you prove yourself and if you are a leader or, you know, you get into the responsible positions, I've been a head guide in most of the places I've worked previously. So you just get that experience and uh, you can help teams uh, along the way. I'm also, um, you just, yeah, I suppose now it's not, now it's, uh, it's more acceptable in the industry now that we sort of 20 years on. I'd probably say in the last 10 years, it's definitely been more acceptable whether you do have a woman guide or, or not. But certainly when I started, it was quite uh, challenging, but you just had to prove yourself. You still had to be able to shoot the weapon like anybody else, drive a Land Rover, successfully off-road like anybody else uh, change a tire pick up cooler boxes do all of the stuff that the that the gents could do uh, and then you were a for away oh my god no amazing um it's it's amazing how it's quite recent the change in in all industries really that women have kind of come up the ranks but as you say you still have to just be as good you know, or if not if not better so the guys don't give you too much grief then no no but i think also it depends on your experience and you know, reputation, sometimes that precedes you as well. So then you've, uh, you just walk in and it's a lot easier. I think for me, walking into Twilight was also partly reputation. So it was, ooh, ooh, she's coming, she's this, she's that. So <laughs> it, was a, it was a little bit easier <laughs> after, after having all the experience. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the nice part about coming here is uh, coming in, even as an assessor, is that I can help all the guys um, mentor them and get them up to the different levels because uh, they actually have their own assessor on site. So yeah. we're busy currently. We're actually doing some guys for trails guides, some guys for level two, some for level three. So we're working with everybody to uh, some self development. And do you enjoy the kind of assessing and the teaching as well as 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 much as you did used to enjoy the guiding? Yeah, so I did do a little bit of both. So I've done training as well as assessments. So I've dabbled on both sides. Um, so for me, it is enjoyable, particularly the training and actually seeing sort of either the light switch on when it's somebody brand new, um, or you can just help that guy up that next step, you know, that next, uh, that next level. That's, yeah. uh, that's awesome to see. And um, so if we go to the wildlife, what's your favorite species to kind of show to guests or to follow yourself? What do you find the most fascinating? Well, coming to Tuolio, I'd say the two big highlights for me would be being able to spend the time with the meerkats that we get to spend. You know, just the fact that they are habituated and we've got numerous groups that are habituated and we can spend time with them. Just this morning, we spent time with the one little group that's got five little pups. So it was my first time seeing them come out. 
uh, and uh, really, really awesome. So each time that's uh, new and refreshing because they're never doing the same thing. Uh, and then also I would say here, the ability in the, in the certain times of the year to actually spend time on foot with pangolin. Uh, I know they're quite rare and it took me 16 years in my career to see my first one. Um, I arrived on Tuolu and on my second day I said, I'd really like to see another pangolin. And the tracker said, sure, follow us. Uh, and by the end of the evening, I'd seen two. So I definitely couldn't complain about that. So definitely a memorable sort of first, second day on the job. That's incredible. I think people are a lot more moved by the pangolin than they than they think they're going to be because they are they don't they're not really fearful of humans, are they? Because they don't really have any natural predators, and you can just potter along with them, can't you? Yeah, no, that's uh, absolutely, and it's uh, it's an incredible experience to just watch them and listen to them shuffling along in the dark, uh, looking for their ants and their termites. And it is, I think, they're now on a world stage, so more people know a little bit more about them and how they've been trafficked and everything like that. So now people do actually want to see these before. Well, hopefully they never disappear, but um, before there's too much pressure on them. So it is, uh, it is quite a unique experience and opportunity that guests can get here as well. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I did it, there was a researcher there. So she was telling me so much about it, which was fascinating. But also it was the most, it was the clearest night. So you're following this amazing creature through the night, but you look up and you can see the Milky Way and everything. And it is, it is very special, very special and pretty unique to swallow that kind of, that kind of experience. Um, so my favorite question, what's your most um, memorable or exciting um, wildlife experience that you've had? I know you've got loads, but it's one that sticks out. <laughs> it's always difficult to pick one in particular because I mean, it's been, my career has been so long. So, you know, it just depends on which one sort of pop, pops into your mind uh, first. Uh, uh, probably one that I quote often with the meerkats is uh, remembering when I first started working with meerkats I was down in the Eastern Cape. It was one of the cold mornings and there were 14 of them that came and huddled outside their hall and they were all sitting upright in the sun. And the one on the very end was uh, was sitting there, but he had a little bit of an itch to scratch uh, and he lost uh, concentration for a moment and he actually tumbled over and he fell into the burrow. And it was just <laughs> this puff of sand. Uh, and uh, j just like a human child would do, he sort of shuffled back out and he stood back in line. Um, and then he sort of looked slowly left and right to see if anyone had seen that. But of course, by then, me, the guest, the tracker, we were all just really having a good laugh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that's so having chatting about meerkats. Yeah, yeah, the meerkats. Um, you can when you are following them. I find it. I think why they're so amusing is because they do have a lot of human characteristics. Weirdly, in their kind of mannerisms and their family kind of, you know, um, routines and things like that. And they are they are very endearing, very endearing. Yeah. Especially um, if you catch them in a in a winter morning and they've just come out and they're standing in the sun but they're still a little bit sleepy and they sort of like nod off and every now and again fall over and then sort of wake up like whoops <laughs> I'm supposed to be awake and on guard oh it's it's yeah they are there's you'll never as you well as you've already described never get bored of those those little guys like they're always doing something interesting and busy and fun to watch um, and so apart from Swalu, um, where do you take your own safaris? Where's your favorite um, place in Africa or in South Africa to go, go into the bush? So before coming to Swalu, I actually spent a couple of years doing some, I was overlanding, uh, so traveling the whole of Africa. 
Um, and a place that I definitely go back to and really, really enjoy and would like to explore more would be Zambia uh, and Uganda. The, de definitely the two. I sort of had, a, had an absolutely amazing encounter with gorillas up in Uganda. Uh, and I definitely do that again. Uh, but just those, the parks in Zambia, I think that there's such untouched areas there that are just really, really awesome. So I definitely, and I enjoyed Botswana as well. So it's so difficult. I've been, I've been lucky <laughs> enough to travel to many of the African countries that have got lots of wildlife and seen some of those things. So yeah, it's difficult to choose a favorite, but I'd, yeah, I mean, we toured Namibia, we toured Botswana. <laughs> and they all got their different things that, that I'd go back for. Absolutely. And there's always something else. You'll never scratch the surface really with Africa. There's always another area, another place, another Absolutely. national park. Um, Zambia yeah. is, as all my kind of clients and, and the listeners know, is my number, number one. So I'm, yeah, it's incredible. Um, and uh, your own bucket list, other parts of the world, other species, what is, apart from, apart from Africa, you know, obviously the gorillas is a lot of people's bucket list, but you had an amazing experience with them. Is there any, any other species or areas you really want to go to? So definitely Antarctica, but uh, that's on the bucket list. Um, the watching the, the brown bears in Alaska catching salmon. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, up there. I still locally haven't seen a whale shark. So that would be a diving experience, either Mozambique or uh, Mexico. <laughs> Got to see a whale shark. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. That's that's incredible. Um, Deirdre, you know that we have a sister company which deals with the Arctic and an Antarctica. So just give us a call. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> we can help you. We can help you. Um, oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much. That was that was fascinating. Um, and I can't wait to get back to Swalu. You guys are starting to see some guests coming through now. Yes. No, fortunately, South Africa lifted the international travel bans and their red list and all of that. So we are seeing more and more guests coming through now. It seems like it's a shorter lead time, though. You know, most people, I think that we had we were very fortunate and a lot of the guests moved their bookings to 2021. So I think uh, provided all goes well, we'll uh, continue into successful next year. Success successful <laughs> successful we've forgotten how to say the word because it's been such yes. a poor year <laughs> yeah. um that's amazing thank you Deirdre I really appreciate that and I will see you face to face when I'm next out of Swalu